you're listening to the Angry Rander Show on SoundCloud, iTunes, and Spotify. Yo, what's going on, everybody? It's your boy, Marcus Levy. Angry Rander back here for the second hour of episode 56, Humanism is Dead, as it's time for us now to <laughs> recap and dive a little deeper into what exactly is anti-humanism. Why exactly would I even <laughs> want to start something like this? Why do I feel that this is the particular hill I want to die on and or, you know, place to plant my flag? Well, I mean, a couple reasons. First off, no one has done so. I mean, there is a Wikipedia page for anti-humanism, but there is no one person who has been claimed as the father or founder or mother or whatever of anti-humanism. So I am self-proclaiming myself the father of anti-humanist theory. <laughs> Second, <laughs> it philosophy is the oldest profession. I know people always, you know, joke and say sex work is one of the oldest professions, but it's not the oldest profession. The oldest profession is literally sitting around and thinking about the nature of existence. And, you know, people don't give philosophy enough credit with how we actually need <laughs> philosophers and philosophical theories and discussions that will mark every generation. And it can't just come from a bunch of white hairs who did all of their education back in the 40s, 50s, and 60s, who still happen to be alive today. I don't consider those people 21st century philosophers. Like, a couple of examples. Peter Singer. <laughs> you know, the guy's in his 70s. I do not at all consider him to be a 21st century philosopher, even though he probably won't die until like 2030-something. I still don't consider his work to be as credible to the here and the now. You know, uh, John Rawls, for example, he died in 2002. You going to call that 21st century philosophy? I don't think so. I, w I feel <laughs> now more than ever is the time for people like myself, who, even though I was born in the 20th century, my entire education was in the 21st century. <laughs> you know, I started school in September of 2000 and did 18 straight years. And technically, because I did go to university in 2019 and 2020, and then now I'm back doing other college stuff, technically have never stopped. I've been doing 20 straight years of some form of school. That's two fucking decades. That's all of the 2000s. So far. <laughs> My education is as much in the here and the now as it ever will be. I wouldn't, I probably would never call myself, uh, even even if I was still around and, and still even at like 105, was still writing books, and it's the year 2101, I wouldn't call myself a 22nd century philosopher. I would probably call myself the oldest philosopher still alive, <laughs> you know, because I, you know, I, you know, kind of don't know if life expectancy for my generation is going to 
be as exponentially high as they feel it is. I would like to feel that I'd uh, I'd live to see turning a hundred at least. And if I could live to see turning a hundred while still being in a good functional condition, you know, long enough that I live to be 110, maybe 115, 120, 25 at most, you know? Like, live very much into seeing the next century. That'd be pretty dope. I'm not gonna lie. It'd be pretty nice. But I'd like it to be a functional existence. One where I can recall the day of the week and day of the month and year and still work on improving myself and always doing things to exist and go forward. <laughs> but I'm absolutely sidetracking. <laughs> <laughs> the the point that I want to I want to talk about here is, you know, at the very <laughs> end of the first quote unquote hour, uh, the first half hour really, I defined what humanism was. But now let's talk about anti-humanism. <laughs> One of the first tenets of anti-humanism, <laughs> at least you know more so from the way that I look at it, is hum humanity as a virtue, is disgusting, as a concept. To have this virtue of humanity that we basically bestow on those of us that are the brightest and most human, or the best humans, or this, that, and the other, people who just happen to show levels of compassion and this, that, and the other, you know, it's fine. You can say this person is compassionate, caring, loving, this, that, and the other. Do not! Do not slap the word human on that, because guess what? Not enough fucking humans are compassionate and loving and caring and sympathetic and empathetic to people. You cannot lump in all the best traits and say, that's humanity right there. You can't. That's disgusting. That's vain. That's so narcissistic of you to think that... Oh, the, the, these people that we're going to call the most humane individuals are the ones that show all of the best traits. No, no, no. Nobody has all the best traits. Mother Teresa does not ha did not have all the best traits. She was a cunt. I'm sorry, but I'm I'm putting that out there. <laughs> Sue me, Catholic Church. I dare you. <laughs> Even though we know she wasn't as, you know, as good-natured and full of heart as it would seem. I will minorly apologize for the usage of the word cunt. I know it offends some people, except for everyone in England, because that's just, that's just how it is over there. <laughs> the word is used as often as we call someone a bitch. You know, they just don't really do that over there. Let's go, oi, cunt. Oi, you're right, cunt, aren't you? You know. <laughs> but, case in point. I said I only minorly apologize. This is my platform, after all. And if you don't like it, you can turn it off. But, the case in point is, a lot of these figures that we loft to this high idealistic standard. Remember, go back to the episode, The Pedestal's Not the Place for You. I think it was episode 11. <laughs> and you can sort of see my conversation that I create around why idolization is not a good thing. But that's also a key component of anti-humanism, is not idolizing people. Being able to 
But take that instead of just like specific person, John Smith versus Jane Doe, and talk about humanity as a whole. Anti-humanism does not allow for idolization of humanity. <laughs> this virtue of humanity is disgusting and does not exist in an anti-humanist belief system. You can call someone compassionate, but that does not mean this person possesses all these requirements <laughs> for this humane virtue. <laughs> Same goes with you have no right to call an action more humane than another. You know, letting someone die of their own accord versus putting them out of their misery with drugs, you don't get to decide which of those is more humane. That person does. <laughs> if that person decides that they would rather wait until their body just naturally expires, great. If that person wants to be euthanized, great. It is their choice. <laughs> That is one of the major tenets of anti-humanism, is it's cutting into this conversation of society has apparently decided that, you know, the most hum that, that humanity is defined by these traits. No, no, no. Humanity is not defined by those traits. I have actually never met a person who could be defined by those fucking traits. And I've met a lot of people. <laughs> I could not be defined by those fucking traits. Nor would I want to be. Because I can display those traits meaningfully, but is that, that, that? But that's not that's that's not a whole of a person. That's a fake person. <laughs> if somebody is one hundred percent compassionate, one hundred percent empathetic, one hundred percent sympathetic, one hundred percent good, they're also one hundred percent fake, <laughs> and. That is another piece of humanism. You know, this naivete. I was trying to remember the word. There's this naiveness that comes with humanism that says that, you know, everybody's already perfect. Bullshit. I call absolute fucking bullshit. Because one of the biggest tenets of anti-humanism is owning the mistakes you make <laughs> owning who you are if you go into my book <laughs> which will be promoted in the description if you go into the anti-judgmentalism handbook which is the first book that i wrote <laughs> which is available on both amazon kindle and apple books i am not going to kill any trees just to get the message out there we all have cell phones, tablets, whatever. You can read it on there. <laughs> Not very expensive, under $10. But if you go into that book, you'll notice I call myself out on a lot of things. I call myself out for poor, non-inclusive behaviors. But because not enough people do this and mean it, is the reason why this virtue of humanity can't exist. Somebody showing slight humanity at one point in their lives doesn't earn them this trait. Doesn't mean that we can't forgive them or feel like they're not earning a second chance. No, 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 that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying you just can't give them this badge of, hum of humanity. Actually, you should throw that fucking away because that puts people in boxes. It says this person represents all of the best things that everyone should strive for. 
Cool. If everybody strove for that, we'd have just a bunch of fucking copycats, now wouldn't we? If everybody did everything the way the best person did things, that person would no longer stand out uh, as, an, as an actual individual. <laughs> so, no. Anti-humanism does not believe in that. I believe you read what you read what I write and you will get what you get from it. <laughs> but I'm giving you a few of the core tenets. And of course, in case I forget, I'm going to have to re-listen to this episode while I'm continuing to write the book so I don't forget what I'm talking about. <laughs> because you know, I'm still obviously formulating this. I only kind of planted my flag into anti-humanism in 2019. And I'm going to develop this throughout the rest of my life and find ways to get more people to become aware of it. <laughs> but the case in point still stands. The first point is that this virtue of humanity is disgusting. And the second point is you need to own all your mistakes. And I mean fucking all of them. That's where AJH comes in, as I'm short-forming the name of the book. Because saying the anti-judgmentalism anti handbook all the time, uh, it can get a little long. So, AJH. <laughs> this is where AJH comes in, right? It and the 2019 meditations are the, you know, it's a side piece. Little essays and stuff. And I think you should still read it. It's free on Apple Books, 99 cents on, on Kindle. Because Amazon wouldn't let me make it free. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> but sorry my case in point <laughs> I can give you an example when I was a teenager <laughs> I said some stupid shit we all did but like for example I used to use gay as a synonym for stupid I did does that uh, and I used to say that I was homophobic <laughs> when I was younger not because I would ever go after anyone who was gay or anything, but because I didn't understand it. And that's what I would say. I have still to this day never said or called anyone a fag or a faggot because I am disgusted by that kind of language. It's actually coming from me. It is one of the few words I will never use. <laughs> Just because that word, more than anything, has led more people to killing themselves. And I would definitely not want to be responsible while trying to advance humanity of being somebody who has basically caused people to kill themselves. Simply because of calling them something. <laughs> but I do this in AJH. I mention this in the book. That saying things like, that's so gay. When I was in school. You know, it used to be <laughs> accepted, even though it was wrong. And I'm sorry that I did it. Absolutely, 100% apologetic, because it was showing uninclusive language. But I apologize in the book, so I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna continue to apologize when I already did. <laughs> I personally hurt no one with that language that I'm aware of. But in 2013, I stopped. The only time now is when I reference that I used to do that. I do not say it anymore. 
<laughs> because I learned after getting slapped by my ex for saying it that it was wrong to say. And it was the first time somebody in my life got offended by the language I said. <laughs> and so it stopped. <laughs> and it's a huge proponent of anti-humanism, which is something that a lot of people don't do, is own up to all the crap they do. Nobody is perfect. <laughs> Nobody is perfect. Another huge tenant of anti-humanism is this concept of human nature. It does not exist. Humans do not have a nature. <laughs> We cannot be above the animals with higher levels of thought, intellect, and the ability to think critically about the past, present, and future, but also claim we have instincts. We fucking don't. <laughs> what you are passing off as instinct is actually previous knowledge. <laughs> Things animals don't have. Things animals can't have, for the most part, if it's not conditioned or trained into them. Do you still want to be compared above the animals or compared to the animals? Like, what the fuck do you want? <laughs> because if that's the case, then you cannot claim to be human then. <laughs> you cannot claim to be human and yet also complain that, oh, what I was doing was just a natural reaction. No, it's not. It's a learned behavior, you fucker. We have no nature. Humans do not have a nature. Otherwise, if we did, we would still be living in the fucking wild. <laughs> the only humans... Unfortunately, who act close enough to our natural to our natural state are those of us without the ability to to be cognizant of those behaviors. Are unfortunately people with <laughs> uh, severe disabilities, like mental people who are low functioningly autistic, for example, would not have the ability. To think as you or I do. <laughs> and they act as close to animals as possible. But I would still never compare them to animals. Because they're still people. <laughs> they were still born of human mind and body. Unfortunately a human mind that didn't... All the wiring wasn't right when they were born unfortunately. Or, or, when, or somebody who takes a shot to the head... And then, unfortunately, regresses considerably. But they are still people. <laughs> but a huge core tenet of any humanism is you cannot say that we have a fucking human nature. Because we don't. We are not of nature anymore. <laughs> we are not comparable to animals anymore. We have evolved beyond that. 
And so I will not sit here and take fucking people saying, oh, it's, it's, oh, oh, well, well what, what he did was just, you know, human nature. It is what it is. No, it's not. Go fuck yourself. That's an excuse. That's a NASCAR driver level excuse for why shit's not working. Oh, I think the steering wheel was a little off here. No, no, no. Your driving sucks. Can't fucking tell me you can't go left for five hours? That's all you're doing. Left, 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 left. It's not that fucking hard. <laughs> <laughs> but human nature does not exist. It's not a thing. It's not even a concept anymore. <laughs> so, the virtue of humanity is bullshit. You need to own your shit. And then, of course, <laughs> there is no virtue of humanity. Another one. <laughs> Humanity in and of itself is non-preemptive. <laughs> and these are some points that are also going to be in the book. That's why I have a doc the document open in front of me that has uh, sort of the, the main points I'm making in the book. <laughs> Human humans are non-preemptive. You will notice this by the fact that the, the systems that we've created in society are reactionary, not respondatory. Humans want to be known, and we're in the perfect time right now with the fucking COVID crisis that's going on right now. Do you think we fucking even remotely tried to do anything to make sure this could not happen? Of course we didn't. <laughs> A number of countries, I'm looking at you, America... Uh, cut the entire budgeting to your fucking pandemic task force. For one. <laughs> for two. A lot of people were getting cocky after roughly, you know, ten years of nothing since fucking H1N1. And... <laughs> here we are in a full-blown pandemic. Roughly eight million cases and half a million people worldwide dead. Simply because humanity is only out for itself, that's another one. <laughs> and, you know, that's a, that goes completely against what humanism's all about. Humanism is all about how we care for each other and there's sunshine and rainbows. Fuck you. <laughs> it doesn't exist. Capitalism, greed, all of that shit. And all you commie bastards out there better not start saying, well, this, this, this is what I'm telling people, you know? Communism would have worked. No, no, no. Human greed already existed, and therefore communism is dead. You cannot say that it works anymore. It's dead. The only people, if you notice, who run communist systems, they're fucking dictators. Why? Because they essentially tell their people, it's gonna be equality for all y'all, but just not for me. <laughs> tell me how that's equal. It's not. And you can't have a system... Where nobody runs it. Because that would be perfect equality. Communism should not have someone in charge then. If we're talking perfect equality. You have no comeback. You have no comeback. Not just because I'm talking to a microphone. But you have no comeback about that. You cannot have someone in charge of a system of mass equality. It doesn't work like that. <laughs> but also, you can't ask someone who's a doctor who goes to school for 15, 20 years, and who will be saving people's lives to make the same as Buddy working at the corner store who is saving no lives. We have 
already said in society those two are distinctly different. Especially since Buddy makes minimum wage, Doctor makes 400 thou. They are distinctly different. <laughs> we have already decided that in society. But humans are only out for themselves. And because of that, we're non-preemptive. Because being preemptive would mean thinking about other people well in advance. And even our governments don't fucking do that. They only like to react to things as they come. Instead, still finding ways to enrich themselves. <laughs> I'm looking at fucking Justin Trudeau trying to create another oil sands. To damage more of our environment. <laughs> while trying to basically enrich himself. And Canada. When we don't need that. We don't. We could be the fucking renewables leader in the world. But instead, no, no, no. Choose to do more things that damage our fucking environment. <laughs> Why? Because you only think about yourself. <laughs> Why? Because you don't want to be preemptive to the shit that's going to happen in the future. Like, how many times do climate activists have to get up there and say, like, listen, if we don't fix shit by 2030, we're screwed. No, 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 we're going to wait until, like, 2029 on the cusp and then go, let's do it. Why? Because people seem to get their fucking knickers in a knot about changing. <laughs> about, about changing for the better and changing for different systems and changing for things that will actually bring real progress for the future. But no, because that hurts my bottom line. That's our issue. Well, then you can't be a part of this humanistic system then. Because clearly you're not out for all of humanity. You're out for, like, one of a small group of humans that include you and your family. <laughs> well, is it so bad for me to actually want for myself in that way? No, but enough is enough. <laughs> you do not need to take more than you need. Was it not some of the... <laughs> Early philosophers of the Hobbes, Locke, and Rousseau era, first talking about the social contract theory that says that you should leave enough for, and as good for everybody else. But no. No, no, no. These people don't give a shit. Because they think, oh, well, I worked this hard and earned this amount. Why would I want to leave that amount for, you know, somebody who never worked a day in their life? <laughs> okay, I can agree to some degree. And when I go and talk about the elitism episode, you will understand what I mean. <laughs> because I do understand. Because there is massive elitism in both segments of society. Both the super rich and the super poor. So, you know, there's that too. <laughs> but, that's another piece. Only being out for ourselves, non-preemptiveness. And because of that, <laughs> altruism is not possible. I know um, psychologists have said that kids are altogether altruistic because uh, they don't understand that there is uh, things that they can gain from doing this stuff. They've only just been taught lessons like share because sharing is good and, and all of that. <laughs> But I also think altogether kids can't be altruistic if they can't understand the ramifications of their actions. If kids can't understand that you're doing something because it's good, and you're not really supposed to feel good or want to feel good after it's done. You're just supposed to do it to do it, because it helps the other person. <laughs> 
that's the only kind of altruism that can exist, is if you do something for the sake of doing it, not to expect anything in return, and also not to then have to cover your own ass and say, oh, I wasn't expecting anything in return. <laughs> do it and dip. That's the way I see it. Somebody drops a grocery bag, <laughs> you pick it up, give it back to them, they say thanks, you say all right, and walk away. That's it. Leave it. Don't fester on it. <laughs> don't, you know, try to paint yourself as a hero. And especially, don't use it to fucking amplify your own ego. That's that's a huge part of of why altruism cannot exist anymore because no one can do anything just for the sake of doing it to help other people and not expect something in return. Even expecting to feel good about it still breaks the I still breaks altruism. <laughs> because altruism is not supposed to affect your internal systems at all. So if we even want to accept the fact that we may that we feel good about helping, which we should, we should feel good about it, then abolish the fucking term altruism. <laughs> Conservatism, gone. Liberalism, gone. Altruism, gone. You cannot have these... <laughs> uh, humanism, gone. You cannot have these lump sum fucking terms. Humanity, gone. You, you can't have these lump sum terms that are just all good terms to be used as ego boosters. Or to use as rallying cries to bring other people together who just happen to think the same way you do and be like, Oh, we're all ists of this kind or isms of this kind. <laughs> That still creates diversive groups in society. Anti-humanism is against labels and groups. This is the biggest reason why I don't walk around calling myself a fucking Aspie all the time. And why despite the fact that I talked about my asexuality in the very first episode of this season. Which is actually much more demisexuality. But why the episode was titled Ace in the Hole. <laughs> I don't really call myself that to anybody. If anybody were to ask, uh, demisexual is the closest term I would use, but I don't even use that. <laughs> the labels divide us. They do. People who can't accept labels fight against them, and the people who are all about the labels hate anyone who doesn't have a label. Or they try to define everybody because they've spent so long trying to define themselves. And you're allowed to say whatever you want about yourself. But the problem is, when you are 15 different labels, and I ask you, who are you? That's not you telling me anything about you. <laughs> the only thing I know is your name. And last but not least, humanism is dead, and it's because I killed it. I put it out of its fucking misery. <laughs> and I definitely plan on doing that over the rest of my life. So you guys are going to hear a lot more about this, read a lot more about this, see a lot more about this. And on my blog, the marxphilosophies.ca, you can definitely read more about that. <laughs> I also suggest you check out my two books, Anti-Judgmentalism Handbook and the 2019 Meditations, because that's where I go into more things that are base anti-humanist theories. I'm creating this shit. I am birthing something that never existed as an actual thought pattern coherently <laughs> within philosophy one of the oldest fields but I found something new I knew I could do this <laughs> it's like walking into a mine 
that's been mined for so long that it got shut down because too many cooks in the kitchen couldn't find anything. And I just happened to, while walking in to check out the ruins of this mine, I tripped over a fucking gold nugget and was like, oh my god, I found something. <laughs> and so then I'm going back with a small shovel and a small little, little, little pick and, you know, mining away at the spot where I found something. And I'm finding more gold nuggets there for myself. But I want to share those gold nuggets with everybody because this is what should advance humanity. <laughs> this is true altruism. If you want to use it that way. I'm getting the word out. Which, you know, makes me super angry to have to talk about the things. That's why I'm the angry ranter. <laughs> That's why this is the angry ranter show. Because I can't say that it makes me feel that great having to call out humanity on everything. But I'm going to fucking do it because guess what? It's my fucking destiny. So... Heed me now, Angry Ranger Alliance, and share this episode of the podcast <laughs> so more people can get to hear about this. I thank you guys for listening. You're listening to The Angry Ranger Show on SoundCloud, iTunes, and Spotify, and I will see you in a few days where we're going to talk at length in another episode, not stalling, <laughs> about Mercury and retrograde. That's right. So I'll see you guys then. Peace out.